Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hi, welcome to the first episode of the Doing Good Business Podcast. Yay! I'm Laura Heacock. I am here with... Kelly Stewart. We're your hosts in our brand new podcast where we are talking about doing good business. So we want to tell you, since this is our first episode, a little bit about what we mean by that. When we say doing good business, I come from the micro perspective. So as a leadership coach, I work with leaders and companies to help them really bring in the elements of kindness in business, taking care of themselves so they can create healthier, thriving workforces. And Kelly is my macro counterpart. Absolutely. So I take it from a management perspective. And um, as I tell people, I've worked in boom and bust economies. Hmm. I've worked with helpful and hurtful colleagues, cooperative and contentious clients. I've kind of (laughs) seen it all, right? And throughout that time, in the various roles I've had and leadership positions, I've always thought, you know what, there's a better way to do business, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, And we're starting to see that happen. So I bring a very kind of broad functional view to what doing good business means and taking what we're starting to see in who people are and as people are developing into business practice. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between being an authentic person, Mm -hmm. being an authentic leader and putting that into measurable practice. What does that look like and how do you use it to affect change in your organization? Awesome. So Kelly and I met, it's kind of a funny story, which led to the best first date ever. Uh, (laughs) So Kelly was speaking at an networking event um, and she was talking about B Corp. So I will let Kelly tell you a little bit about what a B Corp actually means and then we'll continue uh, the start of our relationship. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) A certified B Corp. um, You're starting to see more of these. You'll start to notice them um, on products and services. Ben and Jerry's. That's how I know. (laughs) Exactly. Look on on what you buy. Look for the capital letter B in a circle with a little underline on it. But a certified B Corp is a company that's made a commitment to do well by doing good. And they've passed a quantitative assessment that earns them this certification. So it's kind of like the good housekeeping seal of approval for any type of business in any type of industry. There are other organizations like Conscious Capitalism and Sustainable Business Network that think the same way, um, but this B Labs is the only one that gives out the certification. So that's what I was talking about the day that Laura and I met. So Kelly was doing this great presentation um, for a women's group about B Corps, and I had just recently heard about B Corps through a client that I was working with who was in transition, who was specifically targeting B Corps for his next role. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And then just a couple weeks later, I show up at this networking event and Kelly's speaking on B Corp. So I went up afterwards, we started talking, we did the normal exchange of contact info at a networking event. And just through reading, I was reading her website, she was reading mine. And I just had this random thought and I sent her an email that said, have you ever started, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Which was awesome because (laughs) when Laura came up to me after the um, presentation that day, we started talking and I could have stayed there the rest of the day just talking to Laura and learning about the important work that she's doing around, you know, reducing um, burnout Mm -hmm. in in organizations and Mm -hmm. using kindness for that. So we were definitely speaking each other's languages. We were already finishing each other's sentences. (laughs) The energy level was going. So then like, the cherry on top she sends me this email and says have you ever considered a podcast i'm like oh my god yes this is going to be 
fabulous. And like, Kelly says, I have a microphone sitting in a box looking at me right now. And I was like, yes, because I was like, this is a little forward. Like, we haven't even had our first official date yet. And I'm already like asking her to go steady. But here we yeah, are. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. And, yeah. and every time we've met, it just comes together yeah. effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always my indication that, you, that you're on to something good. Mm-hmm. And and I do. And, and, and important. You know, I yeah. think it's important. I think, you know, Laura, you'll see this. You see this, I'm sure. The the personal develop market is, development mm-hmm. market is huge and, yeah. and growing. It's mm-hmm. like something just under $10 billion or something. Mm. It's a huge market. And I think that what we're seeing is people who are developing personally who no longer want to leave the yeah. best of who they are at the door in yep. order to be successful in business. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's our hope with this podcast yeah. is to show people how they can take what is the best about them and bring it into business practices. Yeah. Brene Brown says, bring your whole self to work. And she talks about wholehearted leadership. And I think that, you know, one of the conversations that we've had recently is just about the workforce and the job market right now. And my background prior to coaching is recruiting. And I did recruiting for a dozen or so years. And right now, the millennial workforce is the hardest talent to attract because they care about more than just a paycheck. They care about companies who are doing well by doing good. They want their own values to be reflected by the employers that they choose to work for. So, right. you know, you're always going to have your 20% that's going to jump for the next five grand. That's fine. Let them jump. But right. focus on that 80%, mm-hmm. the values that your company has that attracts them, the social impact statement that you uh, mm-hmm. you run your organization by. You know, do you lead with transparency? What is your culture like? Can we, you know, the butts and seats mentality is dead and nobody wants it anymore. And millennials are just about to be the largest percentage of the workforce. And it's time to do business differently. And that's what excited me so much about learning more about B Corps from Kelly is that there are companies that are doing this out there and there are are. more. We just recently learned we are in the uh, suburban Philadelphia area. Apparently there are a dozen in Lancaster County, which is exciting. I mean, look, Ben and Jerry's, I'm sold, right? Like (laughs) I'm picking up what they're putting down. But really the, the match is is there and the the culture of the business world is changing. It is absolutely and I'm so excited. B Labs has been around certifying companies for about 12 years. Now. Okay, cool. And so they provide a really valuable framework mm-hmm. for companies that want to do well by doing good. I would argue companies that are already out there and for the last 15 30 years have already been doing well by doing good, yeah. but they have felt like well nobody really cares about that. So I have a marketing background mm. and when you talk to business owners I'm always asking questions. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, well, Kelly, nobody really cares. And I'm so excited to tell them, yes, they do. They people do. care. They really care. <laughs> and because part of that with the millennials, I think, is it's hard to know. And I would say it's it's multi-generational. Yes. I, um, my hat's off to the millennials because they have definitely led this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they've seen a really ugly time through the Great yeah. Recession. And they yep. saw their parents put a lot of work and company loyalty into companies mm-hmm. that, that weren't able to return that loyalty to them when, when the chips were down. And so I think that they're leading the effort. But I think that, like me, there are a lot of people who have been in business for a while who've always felt like yeah. there's a better way to do business. And many of them have. Mm-hmm. And now is their time to be recognized for it, to really formalize their practices and mm-hmm. then be very transparent about it. And that will help the, the people who want to work with them know, how yep. do you know? So receiving that certification is a third party verification of mm-hmm. this is that they are who they say they are. Mm-hmm. But you can also be like, this is who we say we are. And yeah. let us show you how yes. we have these practices that support our values. Mm-hmm. And they can be no cost, low cost practices. They can be something that's really a much larger initiative. That's awesome. So Kelly, I don't know if you get this a lot. 
lot, but one of the things that people say to me when I talk about bringing kindness into business and leaders have to take care of themselves to be able to take care of their teams and to have healthy work environments is, but don't companies just care about the bottom line? Yeah. 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 So there's an eye roll if y'all didn't hear it, like (laughs) major eye roll over here. And, you know, for me on the micro level with leaders, how I counter that is if you have leaders that are burned out and overstressed, it trickles down to their teams. If you have teams that are, you know, expected to have that butts and seats mentality, they are sicker, they are more adversarial, there is less trust, and all of that has a direct impact to bottom line. The company's healthcare costs go up, sick time increases, deadlines are missed, 80 to 90% of primary care office visits are for stress-related illnesses. So when we talk about bringing kindness into business, even if you're not practicing the B Corp philosophy, which Kelly will talk about, they actually have a quadruple bottom line, but even if you're just like strictly profit company, there is a dramatic impact on the bottom line when you do business differently and you do good business instead of that whole you know, company before everything mentality and productivity is equivalent to how long you're physically sitting in your cubicle. No, absolutely, you're right. And today, more and more companies that are going to be successful, not only now, but in the future, Mm -hmm. right? They're really focused on a quadruple bottom line. There was, um, and there still is something called triple bottom line accounting that actually accountants will use. And that is is people, planet, and profit. Okay. Quadruple bottom line is something that really has evolved Mm -hmm. to also include purpose, because purpose kind of was like this satellite that was revolving around all of that. <laughs> but now purpose is really brought into it and yeah. B Labs addresses it in their certification by looking at topics such as leadership, culture, and governance, right? How mm. transparent, how diverse is your board? What is mm. your culture like? What is your vision? What is your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. What is your why? Mm-hmm. And so- Hat um, tip Simon Sinek. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, yes. And so what the the company that's applying for the certification or wants to operate you know kind of mirror that certification mm-hmm. if for some reason they wouldn't go for certification is they're saying these are the specific business practices that roll mm. up to that these are the specific business practices mm-hmm. that demonstrate our commitment to diversity that demonstrate our commitment to using kindness right. in our culture mm-hmm. right and um and and on for society for mm-hmm. the the planet So the quadruple bottom line really expands on that thought of we're moving beyond a singular pursuit of profit. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the 1970s. Milton Friedman was a Nobel Prize winning economist. He was the big money guy of the day. (laughs) And um, surprisingly enough, maybe not for some, but for me it was that even in the 1970s, they were talking about the soulless corporation. There mm. was a lot of talk about how mm-hmm. profits were just being used and and people were not being considered and resources were already, you know, um, being consumed faster yeah. rate that they could be replenished naturally for sure. And so he kind of made this distinction after a lot of thought, and I'm not judging the man. I'm sure he had very good intentions, but his thought was that the sole purpose of the corporation was to return a profit for its shareholders. Mm. And there was a comma after his statement, which went on to say, and I'll kind of paraphrase it, assuming that companies played within the rules of the game, which was to engage Mm. in honest and fair Mm -hmm. competition. And if you've ever made any type of a conditional promise to anyone, like, sure, we'll go to the movies, comma, after you clean up the garage, right? You know that most people don't listen to that comma, right? The comma might as well be a wall. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of companies heard, wow, we only have to make a profit. Woohoo! 
You know, and yeah. many companies, and we could just talk for days about this, many companies really abuse that. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of sanction themselves by saying, well, we all we have to do is make a profit. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. We found a really inexpensive way to get rid of our waste. We're yeah. dumping it in the river because yeah. it doesn't cost us anything. It makes our bottom line look better, mm-hmm. right? To Right up to, oh, we only hire part-time employees because we don't have to pay our yep. benefits. Doesn't that make our bottom line look mm-hmm. better? And so... What what has changed, and again, it's been now almost 20 years, is a sustainability expert, John Elkington. He actually was the first person to say, and in my knowledge anyway, the first person to say that a concern for society and the planet can coexist with mm-hmm. an ambition for profits. Yeah. So we are talking about healthy for-profit companies mm-hmm. here who have that mindset that they can do well by doing good. Mm-hmm. And there's all this institutional investment Mm -hmm. research that's been done over the last 20 years that proves companies that do good will do well over the long term. And that's music to every financial investor's ear. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you just use the word coexist because one of the things that I always talk to my clients about is that success and self-care can coexist. And for me, that's really the foundation of the work that I do. You know, you've probably heard the Richard Branson quote, if you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers, something to that effect, I may be misquoting. But I think there's a step missing. And the step missing is that if you're a leader and you're not taking care of yourself, you are not capable in a sustainable way of taking care of your employees so that they can take care of their clients. So you have to start by taking care of yourself and you have to start by thinking about, you know, we talk about the planet and renewable resources, Mm-hmm. And energy and sustainability and all of these things have a macro impact as well. You know, if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't make sure I am hydrating my body and feeding it foods that feel good and, you know, standing up from my desk a couple of times a day, you know, if I don't start at that very bottom line, very micro level, then my energy as a leader isn't sustainable. I can't lead my team in a way that's going to help them manage my clients in a good way. And and it's just, you know, having an entire company that takes that to such a macro level through being a B Corp or just through doing good business. Even mm-hmm. if you don't want to do, as Kelly said, the formal certification, just making the decision of maybe you're a small company and you just want to do business differently. You don't want to have right. that old school mindset where you know people are working themselves to the bone, they're, they're in their cubicle for 13 hours a day or they're getting a glare as they walk out the door and you care about the world that you live in. You know There are ways that you can do good business by focusing on that micro level of how you're taking care of yourself and the macro levels, how is your company impacting everything around it? Absolutely. And I think there are so many ways to do that. And it really ranges, you know, I'll talk to different business owners and well, okay, so I'll just put this one out there. I did meet one person and I don't really focus on these a lot, but I met one person (laughs) who said, I don't really have to worry about the planet because I'm not in manufacturing. <gasps> and I didn't really know what to oh say. Oh my gosh, but you're a consumer. Exactly. You, well, you exist I actually, on the planet. I wanted to say, right, you breathe air, right? <laughs> like, I didn't really know what to say. Oh my so, goodness. So, um, you know, certainly there are people who, and you don't really see that path, yeah. right? But there is a path for every business mm-hmm. to reduce their water usage, their energy mm-hmm. usage. And sure, when you start off, you know, one offs, Maybe it doesn't make as much of an impact, but when all businesses start doing that, when all businesses in a community start doing that, now you're really starting to make widespread impact. Right. And um, I think that's really important. And if nobody thinks about it, then nothing changes. That's the thing I come back to. Like, even if you're only one person, 
you're one person that interacts with other people. So either the people at your company, the vendors that you work mm-hmm. with, the the people that you employ, the, the shareholders, if you have them, the clients, if you have, you know, whatever it is, you are making that decision. And if everybody says what this person says, like, right. I don't have to worry because I'm not in manufacturing, like right. we're done, right? Exactly. I mean, like pack exactly. it up and call pack it a it day. Yeah, and the I planet think, is out. <laughs> thankfully, there are other business owners, yeah. you know, and, and they kind of go in pockets. So those are few and far between mm-hmm. where I get something like that. But then I do have other business owners who just really they don't quite understand like what does that mean for them mm-hmm. so I start with an easy one do you offer 401k many thankfully say yes mm-hmm. I often say okay do you match that still many say yes I'm mm-hmm. like awesome do you offer socially responsible investment options in that portfolio for huh? your employees <laughs> huh? exactly they're like what uh-huh. and I'm like I know yeah it's too easy yeah. and then they can go right back to their office talk mm-hmm. to the people who manage that fund for them and that's something that they can do right mm-hmm. away I to, love that I love of that because I am so passionate about taking small steps. You know, one of the first things I tell anybody who's considering bringing me on as a coach is I don't believe in light switch change. I liken right. it to, you know, January 1st, right? Like don't go to the gym on January 2nd because there's not <laughs> no, an available <laughs> treadmill in sight. But you know, by the time it's like late February or early March, you're good to go. But when people try and make these light switch changes, it doesn't last. It's not sustainable. And if a company was to go back and try and implement every criteria of becoming a B Corp, it probably wouldn't last. If a leader was trying to instantly go from being in that butts and seats mentality to a more output-based mentality, it's not going to last. But the small step, look at your portfolio of offerings in your 401k Mm -hmm. and offer something sustainable. If I'm a leader, maybe my first small step is I'm going to make sure that I leave my office for lunch at least once a week Mm -hmm. because that will give me that time to replenish myself, my own resources, and then I can come back and I can be healthier for my team. I can be more engaged with my team. I can be more awake for my team. I can be more creative for my company. And these small, tiny steps are really how you do business better and how you do good business. Absolutely. And you have to be, you know, we are talking about healthy for-profit companies yeah. here, right? You have to make a profit right. because that's what enables you to continue to create yes. real value for others. Yes. And that's what you should be doing as a company, creating real value for mm-hmm. others. And so when you, I don't ever expect a company to say, yes, we want to do it all. We're going to, you know, like attack every area of the quadruple bottom line because then it would require them to shut down their businesses (laughs) while they retooled everything. And that's never what we're suggesting. But there are absolutely areas to strategically align Mm -hmm. what their business practices are that's best for their company in the markets that they serve. And I think when business owners take that perspective to it, the same thing, you know, as as you're saying on the micro level, Mm -hmm. on the macro level, then priorities emerge. Mm -hmm. You might have a business owner who really is just passionate about something to do with society, but in talking to them, you realize that their their market is really calling for them to be more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Then we've got to focus on that first, Mm -hmm. and then we can come back to what the business owner is passionate about. Although, spoiler alert, I am going to ask that business (laughs) owner, you know, um, but is that what makes sense for your corporate philanthropy, right? right? Is that strategically aligned to your stakeholders? Mm-hmm. And the example I give on about that is if you're a technology company, you might really want to get behind bringing more women into mm-hmm. the technology field mm-hmm. and or 
ending the discrimination they face when they get there, mm-hmm. or you may want to focus on bringing more ethics into mm-hmm. coding if that's your, your niche area. Well, that's something you can support on a national and international level mm-hmm. that is very strategic to your company. All of your stakeholders are going to be happy, the, the millennials and others who right. are looking for that, right. that type of purpose, yeah. then they can proudly say, my company really focuses on this. It's important mm-hmm. to them as an industry mm-hmm. in shaping our industry. Mm-hmm. Now, you're actually doing something that is very strategic yes. to what the, what the company should be focused on. Yeah, and all of these things directly impact the bottom line, whether it mm-hmm. is adding more sustainable funds to your right. 401k portfolio offerings or whether it is you know, being a leader and taking care of yourself so that you don't have to go to the doctor as much. These things right. directly impact your bottom line, whether it's singular, triple, quadruple, whatever it is. Exactly. You know, that question that we both always get about, you know, don't companies just care about profits? It's a different way of looking at profits and it's a different way of approaching how you do business. And that's really what we're gonna be talking about on this podcast. Super excited. It starts with yeah. mindset and um, you know, clearly you can hear that in, yeah. in Laura and myself. But and, there's action. You have yeah. to have action. Your mindset is great, but it's meaningless unless you take action. Right. Put it into action, be transparent about it. Sounds yep. like a good place to maybe wrap up our first podcast. I think today. that's a great place. So thank you for listening. We are going to be doing a whole bunch more episodes. We're going to have some great guests on. I think I mentioned that there's about a dozen B Corps in the Lancaster area. We're outside of Philadelphia. So we've got some great folks lined up to talk about how they do good business. We've got some amazing leaders to talk about how they bring kindness into business. And sometimes some great, you're going to hear from Kelly and me and some experts. Yeah, right. some folks that are really you know, going to bring. Really, they're, they're doing the research around a lot mm-hmm. of these things you know what does it mean to be transparent what uh, they're doing this social impact research yes. how can you really make a difference in your community because again it's nothing without action so Absolutely. we're going to give you some of the mindset some of the action and you are going to learn how to do good business so if you have any questions drop us a line we're at podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com i am laura heacock i am kelly stewart thanks for listening Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.